On this episode, we'll be talking about custom motorcycles, what you need to know, and what you shouldn't do. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. So have you ever been injured in a motorcycle riding accident that wasn't your fault? If you have, you need to call Dr. Brad Bradshaw at 417-333-3333. Hard number to remember, I know. Insurance companies are going to act aggressively in defense of their clients. It's what they do. Dr. Brad Bradshaw's job is to fight even harder to make certain that you receive the compensation you deserve to make your life whole again. So after the show, check them out. Online at bradbradshaw.com. And be sure to save his number, 417-333-3333. Dr. Brad Bradshaw, physician, surgeon, and lawyer. Plus, Randy, he's a writer, too. Check that out. Now, not to get all sappy on you, but I love writing in the Ozarks. I really love writing down into Arkansas. You know, Missouri and Arkansas rides, they can't be beat. No matter where you ride... Do yourself a favor and go buy Heartland Honda in Springdale, the first level five Honda powerhouse dealer in Arkansas. Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides with excellent financing options. Plus, their red level technicians can help keep you riding. Seriously, go check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard, play hard. So the subject for today is going to be riding your wheelhouse, custom motorcycles. Yes, sir. You know anything about that? Absolutely not. (laughs) I suspect over the week you've read up on it and kind of studied up on it a bit. Yeah, yeah. I had my my, uh, pocket protector out, all my pins neatly lined up in my collared shirt that's of course, tucked in. Of course. And uh, very studious as to what's what in the custom motorcycle world. So I should have all the lingo down by now. Awesome. Is that still a word? Shit, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody says it. So everybody that has a motorcycle, they kind of like to tinker with it, make it their own. Really, I don't know too many people that like to get a motorcycle off the shelf and just leave it alone. Yeah. Somebody's got to screw with it a little bit. Like I've always said, stock sucks. And it's just as simple as that. And there are those guys that want to take one and don't want to mess it up because for whatever reason, they don't want it to run worse or have any issues or um, to them, I guess it's literally just about having a motorcycle to ride. But for the other population and for the rest of the world that does not like stock motorcycles, you venture into custom motorcycle building and or customization of a stock motorcycle. Yeah, there are those guys that their idea of making it a custom bike is putting tassels on the handlebar. <laughs> and I and I have a whole diatribe about tassels uh, on, on a motorcycle. Should I get into that? No, I don't. Yeah, tassels no. are for titties. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> My theory is, I remember I went in to buy a bike at a motorcycle shop once and 
I had my eye on the one that I have right now, the yeah, Victory. The Victory. And it was bone stock. And it, but the, except it had these long tassels hanging from the handlebar. <laughs> and I, I said, I'll take it on the condition you get them damn tassels off. And he goes, you don't like tassels? And I said, I just, can't, I don't feel comfortable saying what I said. <laughs> I said something very uncomplimentary about it. I'm not I going see. to say what I, I said, see. but uh, the mechanic, he spoke up and said, I'd like them. You can have them. We looked at each other and said, they're yours, buddy. <laughs> but then you get, you know, there are people that they just want a tassel or something. They call that custom. I defy anybody to look at my bike after the work you've done to it and say, Oh yeah, that's a victory, you know, touring cruiser. <laughs> yeah, from two thousand and three. Yeah, not the, the, nobody can figure it out. I mean, there's a one off, one of a kind, and so we're going to talk about doing a custom build and some of the things that you should not do as a customer, and some of the things wow. that you should do. Well, I tell you what, I can give you my side of it and my perspective of it. Obviously, you've had some work done in the shop, so you can kind of give us the other side of that. When I think about custom motorcycles or custom motorcycle building. There's so many facets to this. You know, anymore a guy buys a stock motorcycle, takes the white walls off and put black walls on it and says it's a custom bike now or puts handlebars on it and everything that they do is custom this or custom that. Well, in my opinion, it's not necessarily custom when you can look through a parts catalog, order this one part up and then bolt it on. Granted, it's different from stock and yes, it might look better, perform better, but I'm not too sold on that being a true custom motorcycle. So anyway, those guys are all upset because I don't give them credit for having a custom built motorcycle when, you know, truth be told, there's really not much custom about it. You know, it's parts that you can get for anything and everything and you just bolt them on in a different orientation. So when I think about a custom motorcycle, I think about even ahead of what I do sometimes. No, I have done this, but it's just not something that we do every single day. Like, one-off frames and one-off tins and one-off everything else like that to me is a custom motorcycle right where you take parts and pieces off of these old automotives and just airplanes and crap like that and stick them all together in a great looking design and then it still runs and functions that to me is a custom and i want to say right out of the gate before we get too in depth with this our intention here is not to piss anybody off but we will <laughs> just by the nature of the subject right because there's going to be that guy that goes well i i bought my stuff and off the catalog and put it on and it's custom and for you maybe it is yeah we're not saying there's a right or a wrong again we're just giving our opinion which is like assholes yeah i mean this but, is this is from the mind of a nobody from nowhere with a shitty ass attitude and a great love for the there's history of there's there's two categories there's bolt on and there's custom yeah. And we're not talking about bolt on. Yeah. Now, which, I mean, that's, there's which nothing is fine. wrong with that. If you, if that's what you can afford, say you go out and buy a brand new motorcycle or a newer one and you want it to run and perform like today's standards. Exactly. Amazing. But now you also want it to look and function a little bit differently and better. You know, I guess you can classify that as a custom, say like the new big wheel baggers where you're altering every body panel, altering the frame to fit a big wheel, even the choppers and things like that. I guess just what I'm getting to. Um, it's just, no, those are cool. Those are fine. There's that. And we're not dissing that at all. We're not saying that if you don't have hand tooled stuff that you're not custom, not at all. That's not what we're saying. It's just the very want to take it to the next level. Yeah. The variance between putting a set of grips on a different seat and then different tires and mirrors and stuff like that to me is not custom or the custom bike building world. You know, you don't go to a bike show and see a stock heritage with different grips and different bars 
competing in a custom bike class. Okay. So that's, that's kind of where I'm different. Well, when you go to a true custom show, you're not going to see bolt on stuff. You're going to see, not, not for the most part, you're going to find things that are hand tooled. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, you know, the baggers are kind of kicking us in the dick there because all these guys that are building these big wheel baggers are now producing and manufacturing all these parts, you know, the, the fenders, the bags, the side covers, the tanks, the fairings, the fenders, wheels, all this stuff is now pretty well a bolt on. You still have to fit it, but it's bolt on almost paint ready. And there's a, there's a place for that because not everybody has a machine shop. Not everybody has the ability or the knowledge to go out and, you know, shape metal and, and do that. And, and that works out really well for them. So to kind of get back on the track of what, what the thing is actually all about, what I would say from my standpoint of it, you know, being the builder, being the guy that you're going to come to, a couple things that I really like to nail home right up front is somewhat of a budget because money makes the world go round. Okay. Everybody wants a million dollar machine for 20 bucks and that shit just ain't going to happen. So the first thing in my mind is have a realistic budget and or an open mind about what it's actually going to cost, depending on your level of customization. The next thing is have a style or a theme or an overall feeling of the motorcycle. So too many times a guy will come to me and say, you know, I want a custom motorcycle, but I want this big, massive, giant front wheel, but it has to be on an old school Springer. And I needed this other style of paint job. And then I need, you know, belt drive and just so many contrasting styles, if you will, you know, I'm cool with cutting edge and new and different, but I mean, there's just, there's sometimes there's a point where you just stop looking in the catalog for all the cool little flame decor and putting it onto a bike. Like let's get an overall feeling or theme. Um, and then the next thing is, is say you're not a creative guy and you love the style of bikes that whoever you choose to have build your bike or customize your bike puts out and you're going to leave it up to them. Once you cross that line and say, whatever you think, this is my budget, let them do their job. You know, that's the reason why you're paying them the money to style your motorcycle is just, you know, kind of stay out of the way and stop. Don't micromanage everything that goes on. Exactly. Cause that you're just causing more problems. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, and then lastly, this is a big one to me. Um, this is usually the big Achilles heel to doing anything custom. You know, it goes kind of along with the idea of a budget. Don't buy cheap parts. Okay. (laughs) Don't buy cheap parts. So you heard it again, just because you can get it on Amazon for a third of the price of what it retails for at at a different bike shop and or at an actual retail store does not mean you're getting the same quality of product. It might look the same, but I guarantee to you that it's not the same. This is the part of the show where I step in and give a prime example. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Not only does it teach you to stay the hell out of the way, it also teaches you to listen to your builder and trust your builder and then pay for something good up front. So here's the example. My bike, a Victory Touring Cruiser, nobody makes air ride suspension for it. Nobody. I know somebody who does. Well, you. (laughs) But one can be made to work. So I did my so-called quote-unquote studying and found a air ride kit complete with everything that would I thought worked beautifully. All the measurements worked out, all the fitment, everything worked out. 
and it was <laughs> a good price. So I went ahead and bought it and brought it to Randy, laid it on his counter and go, just put it on. That should be simple enough. You would think so. You would think so. What ended up happening was none of it worked. Not a single piece worked. You know, what, what's Not the only even thing? the switch. Not even the switch would work well for us. No. So I wasted 350 bucks that was flushed down the toilet. Randy, in the end, had to custom make air suspension and take my monoshock and use two brand new Corvette air ride shocks. And somehow engineered it to make them two into one mono. Yeah. So I, but I ended up spending way more money than was necessary because I didn't just say, take care of it. Yeah. Yep. Now, granted, here's the, here's the catch 22 for our, our relationship here is you've had a lot of other stuff done with me. You, oh yeah. I, I learned from that very much shop. learned from that. And I, I don't do that anymore. No, that I just correct. tell you what I want done and I just walk away. That's correct. So if you're not, you know, Craig here sitting in his chair and coming to my shop where there's a little bit of, um, I don't know, relationship there of customer to, you know, shop there. He's been in, he's done some things. He's seen my work. So he's confident. If you're one of those guys that's not confident, you've never had a rapport with any shop. Um, I would say find about two, three, five, find, shoot, find a hundred of them and then look at them all. Do your homework. Yeah. Fitch, find the one that's going to best fit with your personality because personalities are things that, you know, rub the wrong way. The build goes downhill in a hurry. Plus there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking the potential uh, builder. Can you give me the list of some of your customers that I can use as a reference that I can check with them. Yeah, you know, because if somebody balks at that, then just the conversation is over. Walk away. Right. Right. So just, you know, open-minded, here's something that a lot of people don't get or don't see. And I still think about it daily as a business owner and, or a consumer to other things is, you know, you as a customer, you don't owe that shop a damn thing. Okay. Just because they're got the ability or you think they have the ability to do something for you does not mean that you owe it to them to give them your business. You know, they've got to earn that. Right. They got to earn the business, but at the same time, you need to understand that they're, a if they're business. an honest shop, they're just trying to make a living for themselves and their family. Yeah. Don't squirrel around and piss and moan about, well, geez, you charged me $25 more than I should have. Right. When that's just BS. Right. See, there's a lot of things. You pay an honest man an honest day's wage for his work. And you'll know right out of the gate if this shop is crooked or not. And we bring this up because there are crooked shops out there. Oh, yeah. You know, just like a mechanic. Yep, you got to shop around. There is a ton of those fly-by-night. You know, check out a guy's portfolio. Ask around. If he's done a lot of motorcycles, chances are he's fairly decent. If he's done one or two, there's a reason why he's cheap, okay? So don't use – if you have a limited budget, you know, say, say you've only got about – Two or three thousand dollars to do custom work to your already stock motorcycle or already somewhat customized motorcycle. Figure out what it is that you want out of it and then prioritize one, you know, top to bottom. What's the most important and do it as you can afford it because this guy on the other end, 
you know, he's thinking about how many hours he has to have into doing this. Now, of course, he has to try to cut it down to as little as possible because people don't want to pay a guy money to work on something because they want to spend all their money in parts. You know, they have to have these big name brand parts that cost a ton of money. Then they have to have them installed. And then where do they want to cut it out at? They want to cut your labor out so that they can have everything that they want. Whereas you, you know, you try to do everything that you can possibly do to make somebody happy. But at some point in time is a, as a bike builder or shop owner, you have to know your worth and you have to draw the line. That's where you go back to what you were saying earlier about buying cheap as yeah. far as buying parts cheap. A good builder is going to know, we don't want to go with this company to buy this product. You're going to pay a little more over here with company B, right? but in the end, it's going to take a lot less time and labor to make it happen right? because we don't have to shave and custom fit and everything like that. They make a better product, and in the long run, when it's all said and done, you're going to be out better. Fit and finish will be so much better, and it will take less time, especially if a builder is very familiar with a certain company and likes to use that product. It's going to take him a lot less time to figure out how this thing's got to go together um, in that in that term there, in that relationship there. So um, I guess I would just say, you know, as far as coming from the business side of it, what I like to see is a person with a good budget, you know, a realistic good budget. I can, I can make about anything work. Um, it's just going to have to be a good realistic budget. I really like to get to know the person before we start stuff so that, you know, we can kind of get a good feel for what that person wants, what that person needs, um, what they're going to be doing with the bike. Is it just a show bike? Is it a rider? Is it show slash rider? You know, those things like that. And then, you know, I try not to, I try not to buy any cheap parts because two things, one is fit and finish. The other thing is reliability. If I build you a custom motorcycle with junk parts and that thing craps out on you three months later or parts start breaking and failing, you don't think about the part manufacturer. You think about me. And then who are you going to tell? Yeah. You're going to freaking tell everybody in the world, get you on the internet me. and start pounding keyboards about how shitty that this guy is or was. Plus it's a safety issue. Yeah, safety, whatever. Depending you know. on what you're having done. <laughs> but another thing is uh, you don't always have to have it all done at once. Right, right. You know, if your budget is in such a way, you've got a, a picture in your mind of the kind of bike that you want, but holy cow, you can't afford that. That's fine. Do like I did. Do a little, little bit man. at a time. Yeah. You know, maybe this, this time I'm going to have my fenders stretched. Mm-hmm. That's all I can afford. I'll do that. And then the next time I'm going to have, you know, it lowered. That's okay. Do that. Do it. Do it. In space. It doesn't have to right. all be done at once. Right. So on the consumer side, okay. Knowing you've been to my shop, you know how it works there. You know, how's it go on your side? Like when you think about getting a custom bike built, you know, what's your thought process? What are you looking at? And what do you expect to hear from a guy who's going to potentially build you a bike or customize your bike? Well, I want to come in and throw a box down with all kinds of parts that I bought on the cheap on eBay and said, here, I want it tomorrow. <laughs> and I don't want to pay more than a hundred dollars. <laughs> that being said, true freaking story. <laughs> um, well, let's go on to the assumption that you have come upon the, the person you want to do the work. All that homework is done. The first thing I would do is nothing. Meaning don't go out and buy parts. Don't go out and say, well, I found this. I need you to put it on. 99% of the time, that shit never works out. It ends up costing you more as the customer. Yeah. It, it just It's just a fact of life. Second of all, 
one of the things that you alluded to earlier. Have in your mind what you want to have done. I think a good idea is to take in some pictures. That's well, I like idea. I like this particular thing on this bike, but on this bike I like this thing. You know, so you can get a visual mm-hmm. of what what he's talking about because sometimes you can describe it and the way you describe it may not be the way they're hearing it. (laughs) So if you bring in pictures of saying, I like these stretch bags or I like this rake and this and that. And Mm -hmm. uh, that way you get a visual that you're on the same page. Same goes with colors. Like for me, I'm colorblind. I can tell you, I want something such and such, but I'm not seeing it the way I'm describing it because I don't see it properly. Right. Bring in pictures. And then, like you said, figure out what your budget is. Make a list of all the things you want to have done. And the way you can find out about your budget, if you have a relationship with your builder, take it into them and say, this is what I have to spend. This is all I can do. I know I can't do all of this. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend? What can we do to start? We're going to do it all eventually. That's the hope. Yeah. But... If that's being the case, and this is all the money I have to spend, how should we attack this? How should we approach this in the beginning? Yeah, that's a great idea. And on the builder side of that, you kind of like those customers because for two reasons. One, when a guy says, look, I know I can't afford all of this at once, but eventually I want all this stuff done. You know, that kind of almost kicks something off in your mind, or at least it does me that, okay, if I treat this dude right like I treat everybody else, and I'm straight and, you know, on the narrow with this dude. I'm going to potentially have all this work to do, which is what I want. I want more work. I want more, you know, custom stuff. So that's a great idea right there. And then when he says, where do we start from here? That's where the process of what bike do you have? Where do you want to go? What do you want to end up with? And then obviously ultimately the budget, you know, you know, I like to do the hard stuff first. Say you come to me with a a motorcycle and you want engine work, body work, paint work and trim work. Do you work, do you work from the inside out? I personally do. I'm going to start with the engine because for one, it's got to run. So if you want it to run and run well, let's make the engine happen first. Most of the time that's somewhat more of the expensive item anyway. So knock the big thing out right in the face, right up front. Another reason why I like to do that is say you do all this body work and then you have a stock performing motor. Well, that sucks. Stock sucks, right? Yeah. It might look the part, but it doesn't ride the part. And then on top of that, you have all these freshly painted parts, you know, all these nice high-end trimmings that have to come back off to take the motor apart. So start from the inside, do the motor. Then after that, you can do, you know, the body work. And then lastly, do all the trimmings like floorboards, shift pegs, things like that, because they're so easy to do. Um, usually the last, last things that I do on a build anyway. Okay. So we've got to the point where you've selected a builder, you've let them know exactly what you want to do and the build process starts as a customer i can tell you right now the main thing is leave them alone (laughs) don't come in two or three times a day are you done are you done uh what's the process just come to check on you and seeing how it's coming along Mm -hmm. i assure you that that builder wants to be completed as quickly as you want it completed because he doesn't get paid until the job is done. Yes. And he can't work while you're sitting there looking over his shoulder. Right. You know, you might be, you might have a great rapport with your customer and or a customer to a builder, whatever. But like, like Craig just said, you come into a shop 
and he's working on your motorcycle, you're wasting your time because not only are you just standing there taking up his time, and even if you're standing at work looking over his shoulder and you're not saying anything, it's still a nuisance. As a guy that hates to have people hovering over his shoulder when he works, like it inhibits a lot of stuff, and it actually will rush you, make you make mistakes when someone's just sitting there talking nonsense in your ear while you're trying to focus on their build. The other side of that is, is if they're decent, your stuff's probably not the only stuff that they have going on. You know, most shops have got That's crazy talk. <laughs> you know, most shops have like a service center part to it, you know, tire change part to it, custom building, small modifications. They have parts. They got a counter. Like and you've got that. Yeah. But it's, it's just called Randy. <laughs> yeah. So I've got all that crap that everybody else has. It's just the staff is not there. People don't like me, so they don't want to work for me. Oh, your staff sucks. <laughs> it's a horrible. That guy that works up there is a freaking idiot. But, you know, you got to keep in mind that just because it's the only bike that you're thinking about does not mean it's the only bike that your builder's thinking about. And when parts are coming in for yours, that allows them to work on another one. And when parts are coming in for that other one, it allows them to work on yours, you know. You know, don't get in such a hurry that it has to be done right now because you have to ride. You know, that's bullshit. Don't rush the process of a motorcycle build for the sake of having to have it. That comes into another thing that we didn't bring up. When you have set upon what you're going to have done, it would be very, very helpful if you tell the builder, hey, this is my time frame. Yes. I have to have this bike by in 90 days or in six months. Yep. They will tell you right out of the gate, okay, I can do that. Or, well, you'll need to bring it back because I can't meet that time frame. It's important, besides a budget, besides all the things we've talked about, to let them know what your time frame expectations are. Yeah. Yeah, most guys will figure out a way to make it work or say it can't work. So. Yeah. A good builder is going to say, there's no way I can get it done in that time. Right. Uh, because they're only shooting themselves in the foot if they say they can when they dang well know they can't. Right, exactly. It's it's a fickle, fine line that you have to dance with as far as time, money, energy, and you know customer relations and customer contact with what you're doing for that person along with all your other ones. So just go into this process with somewhat of an open mind and the idea of who's best going to give me what I want. There's, there doesn't have to be any hard feelings or hurt, you know, feelings about you not choosing a certain builder and going with a different one. It just means that they best suited you. Now, don't come back to that first one and talking shit on that last one you just went to and saying, I should have came to you because that guy's going to be like, yeah, you should have. Well, that just gets under the category of a whole new subject. Just (laughs) Don't be a shitty person. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Be a decent person. You know, custom bikes and the custom bike world is so freaking amazing, especially if you get to spend any amount of time into it and seeing what all the other builders are coming up with, you know, new products, the new limitations. And for me personally, I like the grassroots style dudes, like the one out there in a hole in the wall shop that he, he's been a machinist for years and now he's starting to build his own stuff. Like there are some freaking amazing machines being produced right now. That's exactly right. And that's, that's just it. You don't always have to go to the guy that everybody knows the big shop on the, on the main drag. Sometimes it's the little known guy that nobody knows about. That's uh, working maybe out of his garage. Yeah. You know, or just trying to get started that wants to make a name for himself. 
sometimes that's the way to go. Right. Just do your due diligence. Know what you want. Find a place that's going to give you what you want and that you're comfortable with and then freaking run with 60% of it is on the customer, the prep work, the mindset, Mm -hmm. everything. If you go in there completely prepared, you're going to have a positive experience. Right. And again, you know, you don't owe that shop anything. And truth be told, the shop doesn't owe you anything either. So find a way to get along and be cohesive. And if you don't jive with the dude that's going to be doing the work, don't take it to him. Absolutely. You know, any good builder or any good shop that wants your business is going to find a way to jive with you. Okay. I mean, we, we tried actually, Craig will attest to this. We tried actually getting other custom bike builders to come onto this deal and have this segment with us. But turns out there's just not a ton of them out there. Actual real custom bike builders that, you know, are confident with what they do. So yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking to me. Yeah. Half a dozen of them. Yeah. That, um, when the rubber meets the road, yeah, they don't build or they don't do that, do what, what all the other, what you would think a custom bike builder does. So it's kind of trash. Yeah. We put parts on. Yeah, exactly. I'm a dumbass and I can put parts on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, that's the breakdown in my opinion of custom motorcycles and maybe, maybe that's what it should be. Custom motorcycles and customized motorcycles where you get that stock where you bolt on bars and mirrors and stuff like that, where you don't actually have to mod or build or fab much of anything. Yeah. And some of the work you can do yourself, have fun with it. That's half the fun of a bike building. Now if it comes to mechanics, I won't even consider touching. I'll change a plug, change the oil. Easy now. That is a stretch. That is a stretch. You know, know your limitations. Yeah. A lot of times you can end up spending a whole lot more money because you thought, I can do this. You cannot do this. <laughs> and then you jacked it up and you jacked it up, tuck yeah. your tail and go to the shop and say, can you fix my mistake? Yeah. Yeah. I bet you've seen a lot of that. I've seen it a time or two. A time or two. Yeah. All right. So now you know everything we know about building custom motorcycles that we want to at least tell you about the rest of it. Well, you just have to cut a check. Yeah. It's <laughs> just money, homie. It's just money. You'll make you'll, more tomorrow. You'll make more tomorrow. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Until the next time, it's all about riding. So get out there and enjoy.